0: I lost my script, darn it. (laughs) Hi, sports fans. Welcome to the 324th episode of Hebzy on Sports. And as you know, 324 is a milestone number. I won't get into it. You know, you know what 324 means. (laughs) It means nothing. It's another podcast. Mark Hepshire here speaking to you live from the still under construction Markham studio, hard by Stoville. And over there, Toronto Mike at the mothership in New Toronto. Uh, New Toronto, not to be confused with Long Branch. Two totally separate areas. Don't be mixing up New Toronto and Long Branch. A big <laughs> rivalry going on down there. Sure. right? Mike's in New Toronto. Uh, we've got the entire GTA covered, I think, Mike, really? And then some on this show. The entire world uh, listening to Hebsey on sports today. Uh, on the podcast, Fred Van Vliet, a Toronto Raptors guard, world champion, gets hit with a big fine, but no suspension. After saying, and I quote, I thought referee Ben Taylor was fucking terrible tonight. What? What a quote. What? He said what? He's going to get fined. That's okay. I'll help pay for the fine because Van Vliet is right on. Officiating in the NBA sucks. We'll get into that story. Plus, the Blue Jays may have just found the perfect combination in the broadcast booth. Ben Wagner and Joe Siddle were sensational together yesterday. First time I've heard them together on the air. Winner. Really good broadcast. Uh, Also in Blue Jays' camp, a bit of concern for Vladdy Guerrero's knee after he tried awkwardly to reach second base without sliding, and he tweaked something, and I hate to see that in spring training. I don't like seeing that, knee injuries. So take it easy, Vladdy. Be careful. He's not going to play in the World Baseball Classic for the Dominican. Uh, they got enough good players anyway, that team. The Maple Leafs have some injury issues to deal with as they try to get healthy for the playoffs, and they host the Edmonton Orders tomorrow night, and the Edmonton Orders will be without Connor McDavid, after last night's game in Boston, which the Oilers won McDavid out two to three weeks. Wow. Bummer. Can you imagine getting tickets for that game? McDavid's coming to town. Um, not so fast. And he's from here. Don't so wonder how many tickets he had put aside for family and friends. That's a bummer. Anyway, no McDavid for the Leafs and Oilers tomorrow night. The TPC at Sawgrass underway. Round two has already started. I think they started at like 6.30 in the morning. I think this weekend, because it's daylight savings, I think they tee off at 5.30 a.m., which feels like 6.30, or does it feel like 4.30? I don't know. Canadian teenager Summer McIntosh, 16 years of age, upsets Katie Ledecky in the pool, and nobody's talking about it. No Canadians, anyway. And, Mike, the story finally corroborated after many years two members of the Toronto Blue Jays who are having an affair with the same member of the Toronto media at the same time. Teammates! I'm having an affair. With who? Really? I'm having an affair with her, too. What? 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 Now, I'd heard this story before, and I, you know, it could have happened, but I got corroboration, and I'll tell you the story a little later in the show. That a good tease for you?
1: You're not going to name her, are you? Nope. Okay, then it's all good. Because <laughs> I know this story. I got, can't wait to hear it. You know the story? Yep. Yeah. You know the whole story? Well, I know the two players, and I know the person you're referring right. to.
0: Right, but you don't know how it came
1: about. Oh, no, of course. Out. No, I, I just...
0: <laughs> well, I just found out how they found out. And I was, okay. All right. Anyway, how's that for a tease? Hey, listen, how's your day going so far? It's uh, 9.04 a.m. Eastern Standard Time? No, are we in... Is this like daylight... Eastern Daylight Time begins Sunday is, morning at 2 a.m.? I
1: think Savings Time starts on uh, Sunday morning, I think. I think right, this is Standard right. so Time. It's,
0: so, so this is Standard Time, <laughs> and then we're into Daylight time,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. Eastern EDT, Eastern Daylight Time. One thing after, they'll right? all say is after that after Sunday morning, at least most of my clocks will automatically change. Like, it's not like the olden days when every clock you had to figure out how to change it. Like, I have a couple I still have to manually change, including my oven, but most of my clocks are just going to, like, automatically move right. for me. Which what is a nice. pain in the ass that is.
0: What a pain in the ass. It sucks. Happy, like, but- stop it already. Just stop. Stop already with this and just keep the same time all the time.
1: I got a tidbit just before we started recording. Uh, This was actually overheard by the red carpet fandom that's on uh, your Hmm. YouTube channel. But I heard, are you going to be calling a hockey game doing, I don't know if you'll be doing color or play-by-play, but are you calling a hockey game uh, tonight? One tonight, one tomorrow. Okay, give us details
0: because that's exciting. Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, okay? Uh, I've got somewhat of an interest with the Elliott Lake Red Wings. And I've uh, been up there a couple of times and uh, I'm going up this weekend uh, tonight, today, right after the show. We got to cut the show. Wait a minute. We got to end the show in five minutes because I got to get on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, going up to Elliott Lake, about a five and a half hour drive. And then doing the game tonight between Elliott Lake and Kirkland Lake. Okay. Um, the gold miners against the Red Wings. And then tomorrow night, the Hearst Lumberjacks come to town wow. to play Elliott Lake. So I'm the guest play by play guy. It'll be working with Eric, the regular guy. Now, see, he works by himself. Like, so he does the, does the whole game, the promos, the time, the players. The, that's a lot of work. So, uh, I'm going to come up there and do some play. I haven't done play by play since Leafs Habs in 1996. No, I think this is exciting
1: I, as a Hepzey fan. I know I probably won't be able to hear this game, but no, and I no, and,
0: and I don't expect you to either because, um, you know, you don't have any interest in the game or
1: anything like that. Well, my Just interest say, is I that my friend, my friend, my yeah. friend is calling the game. And his uh, but, yeah. girlfriend's son is in the game. Like, that's enough for me to hook me in. Yeah. But
0: again, I don't know. Like, it's not like you're going to a game and they've got stat sheets for you and you got spotters and all that. I think there's gonna I mean, there's a fair bit of work to do. I've been watching some of the games. I, I know who the players are and what numbers they wear. You know, I'd like to know what the line combinations are, the defense pairings, if there's any injuries. And I'll find that out, you know, when I get to Elliott LA Lake, when I you know talk to the coaches and Try to find out. But but that's something that at the higher levels of hockey, you know, that it's there for you. All the stats right. and the notes and media people, they don't have that in the northern Ontario junior hockey. You kind of get you got to you got to get your own information.
1: Can I uh, make a request? Is there if maybe just ask if it's possible, but if they could give us like a little clip, we'll play it on the show next week. Just a little clip of you calling the uh, Elliott Lake uh, hockey game.
0: I wouldn't know how to do that except for the fact, that I guess you could record
1: it off your TV or well, something. No, I'll, find, I'll try to find ask out. The, ask the nerds uh, behind the board and see it. Maybe it's really easy. Like some, what
0: nerds behind the board well, are you some, talking
1: about, Mike? Some, which, well, this is streaming nerds? somewhere, there, there, right? There are no, no. There, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is. Okay, so but, there's some technician involved. Right.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, let me find out and see if we can
1: extract an audio clip from right. somewhere. Okay, good. All right. That's all I At ask. the
0: very least, maybe I'll get my play by play partner to shoot some video of me right. calling the game and we can use that.
1: Or get Serena to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll yeah. Well, I, she's on vacation. I mean, we'll see what happens. She'll
1: we'll, do it for we'll me. See what we can do, but, She'll do it for Well,
0: me. let's see if we can get some evidence. That's a good that's a good one, Mike. That's good. Good for posterity. <laughs> It'll look good on episode three twenty five. Right. Good stuff. That's good. So that's tonight. So that's later. Okay. So as soon as we're done here, I got to get in the car, drive up there, and then and then get prepped for the big game tonight. Big, good, big game.
1: Good luck tonight, Hezy. That's exciting. Friday night,
0: Friday night in Elliott LA Lake. And Ooh. then tomorrow night against Hearst. And they got a really good team. Hearst has got a really, really good team, the Lumberjacks. And the best mascot in, in the entire Northern Ontario Junior League. The Hearst Lumberjack mascot is a fabulous wow. mascot.
1: I gotta Google that one. That sounds cool. And bilingual too. Okay.
0: It's important okay let's uh mike let's start by asking the the viewers the listeners to this podcast this vodcast this this thing let's take up a collection can we get everyone to donate one dollar to the save Fred Van Vliet fund 56 Spark Street Ottawa 4 um <laughs> Van Vliet was absolutely bang on target the other night after the Raptors lost to the LA Clippers 108 to one hundred. Now, I, I, I've heard players go off at, at the end of a game, go off on, on umpires or referees, it doesn't matter, in the heat of the moment after the game, you know, this so-and-so cost us the game, blah, blah, blah. Fred Van came out there and calm and cool and never raised his voice, and he said, and I quote, I thought Ben Taylor was fucking terrible tonight. I think that most nights, you know, out of the three referees, there's one or two that just fucked the game up. It's been like that a couple of games in a row. Denver was tough, obviously, end quote. It's just a portion of what Fred said last night. So he goes, so they, the, the Raptors lose, because like, part of it was this technical that Ben Taylor called on Van Vliet in the third quarter was just such a ticky-tack technical. It was just such a terrible call and, and not necessary, you know, there's more calls in NBA games than just like that, but pretty much any other sport. There's so, every time the ball is out to travel, that's out of bounds, that's this way, that's a foul, that's a reviewable. There's a, a stop, start, stop, start. That Nobody comes to see the referees. And Van Vliet was basically saying, look, the other night he got hammered because um, actually it was Scotty Barnes, I guess, in Denver, was teed up by referee Scott Foster. Um, when after a particular play, Scotty Barnes had said something like, ah, oh, God damn it. But he was talking to himself. He wasn't looking at the referee. He wasn't gesticulating at the referee. Scotty Barnes was talking to himself, and he basically said to himself, "You fucking idiot," or something like that. And Scott Foster, the referee, with a few seconds to go in the game, and like I think it was a tie game or a one-point game, he, 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 he calls a technical on Scotty Barnes. Game over, right there. And so, and then the next night or a couple nights later, this thing with the Clippers and Van Fleet just basically said, "This is the way it is. Refereeing's been terrible. So the NBA's got to do something." I'm thinking he's going to get suspended for this. This isn't just you know, this isn't just, the you know, I'm upset after the game. This was sort of a calculated, calm, this is the way it is with officiating. So today, or last night, the NBA announces that Fred gets fined $30,000. And I'm thinking, what a break for the Raptors. I mean, if this is a team fighting for a play-in spot, you're one of your top guy, he could have been suspended. I mean, if David Stern was the commissioner, he would have been suspended. You cannot do that. You cannot undermine the authority of the officials. You, you can't do that, right? Um, and I can see it, you know, $30,000, which is a drop in the bucket for a guy that's making however many million he makes. But still, still, $30,000. So the Raptors kind of get off easier. here, but the, the message has been relayed. The rest of the league is sitting there going like this, Mike. They're nodding their heads in approving. Mm-hmm. All the other players in the league are like, yep, yep. Nobody comes to see the officials. Yep, yep, yep. I get it. You can't call this. You can call it in the first minute. You got to call the same call in the, in the the in the 48th minute. That's fine. But if, you know, you watch these games and they're, running, and they're all based on momentum and runs and all that. And the Raptors were, they were in an okay spot. And then this tech, this technical on Van Vliet, and he was like, what the fuck? I'm playing my best here. And I got an official with a ticky tack call. Now, having said that, Mike, you can't give up 118 points, 119 points, 116 points, 122 points and expect to win games. And the Raptors need their best players to step up. And now, and they need them to be, to, for their heads to be clear of the officiating thing. It's like when a goalie gets into your head, like what happened to the Leafs with Carey Price in the playoffs a couple years ago. He made some big saves and they, every Leaf player went, oh shit, we're not going to beat Carey Price. And this is sort of the Raptors like, oh God, the, 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 the refs are going to take the game away from us. The refs are going to take the game away from us. Well, you can't think that way. And let me tell you, Nick Nurse's job is on the line. The future of guys like Van Vliet and Gary Trent and all, and and even and Siakam, your best players have got to step up. And if the officials are getting in the way and they're fucking it up for you, okay, it's good that Van Vliet got it off his chest. You know, everybody should chip in and pay for the fine. His teammates, because he said something that they all wanted to say, and he's sticking up for Scotty Barnes and the organization, and they're a pretty good team. You know, not great, pretty good on most nights, but they can't have this happen to them. And the other thing is, they just named two officials who the next time the Raptors play and these guys are officiating, don't kid yourself. These refs know. They know, there's Van Vliet over there. eh? What did he say? That I'm fucked up or something? (laughs) So don't forget that. So this could have longer lasting effects on the Toronto Raptors and Fred Van Vliet. 30,000, we got lucky. Now let's win some games. Tonight in Los Angeles, still there, taking on the Lakers, no LeBron. Uh, Anthony Davis is a game-time decision. So is D'Angelo Russell. I expect a huge game from the Raptors. Pull out all the stops. You got to win this game tonight because you're you're sitting right now in ninth place. You're a half game up on tenth place Washington, who plays Atlanta tonight. That's a game and a half in front of you. I mean, you want to play in that? You want to play in that seven eight game? You don't want to play in the nine ten game? Or you know? But still, you got to win some games. So let's start tonight against the Lakers uh, without LeBron and maybe Anthony Davis. Let's go. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant, Mike. If ever there was there was a character. I'm trying to think of a character in the comic strip that always had a dark cloud and lightning over his head, right? Just wherever he went,
1: but bad that, luck followed. Is that Charlie Brown? I'm trying to think of who had. Uh... No, no, it's not
0: Charlie Brown. It's Skeezix or something like that. It's an old comic strip, but the all guy right. was always walking around with like a, a, a dark cloud over his head and like lightning. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> anyway, Kevin Durant is that guy. He, this guy cannot catch a break. He's a, fa- we all know he's a fabulous player. And a, and a smart guy and an interesting guy, an intelligent guy, a thoughtful guy. Um, but he oh, can't catch a break. During pregame warm-ups the other night with his new team, the Phoenix Suns, he slips, slips and sprained his ankle. I don't know if the floor was wet, the sneaker gave way, but it was ugly. So he's out for three weeks, according to team doctors. This guy is an accident waiting to, for a place. It's, it's like he's a great player, Mike, but fragile as a porcelain doll. And there are athletes like that. And it's a real shame to see the real talented athletes that just, you know, they can't catch a break. This is a guy that that's already made his name as a fantastic player, but think of some of these young athletes that they start out and there's injuries when they're in college or high school and then another injury. And then by the time they're in the pros, you know, they're just, you know, something's going to happen and they're going to get hurt. And that's, that's what Durant is. Great player, but you know, always hurt. <sighs>
1: Snake-bitten. Baseball now. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I I just said uh, snake-bitten.
0: Snake-bitten is a good one. What does that mean exactly? I mean, I know what it means. Where did that
1: come from? You've been poisoned by a snake, I think. A snake bit you and you're poisoned now, and that's bad luck when a snake bites you. (laughs) Okay. I'll accept (laughs) that. Just roll with me with that. Uh,
0: Now to baseball. A year ago, I was in Florida. I was planning on going to, I think I had tickets for five or six Blue Jays games, and then, as you recall, the pandemic was still out there. And uh, there were the games were canceled for a while there for several weeks, of which, of course, I had tickets to all the games that ended up being canceled. And this year didn't go down to Florida, and the weather's beautiful, and the games are all going on, and Blue Jays and everything. And and at the same time, the World Baseball Classic is underway in uh, four different places: Miami, uh, Arizona, um, Taiwan, and Japan. I do believe. So you got four different pools. There's five teams in a pool. The top two teams from each pool meet uh, in the next round and the knockout round and stuff like that. And it's going on all during spring training. And a lot of, you know, there's a lot of players from major league teams that are, you know, have left their major league camp uh, to go to the camp of the nation that they're playing for. Uh, Vladdy Guerrero was supposed to play for the Dominican Republic, tweaked his knee, uh, and then told uh, general manager Nelson Cruz that he will not be playing, to which all Blue Jay fans went, good, good. (laughs) We love Vladdy, but, you know, what, we don't want him playing in, you know, basically an inconsequential tournament when we need him for 162 games for the Blue Jays because they're going to win it all this year, right? So no no Vladdy Guerrero for the Dominican Republic. But, but Canada's got Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers, who loves playing for this country. This is where his mom was born, um, and uh, he honors his mother. And so he, we got Freddie Freeman, but we're in a tough pool. Canada's got uh, – we got the U.S., we got Mexico, we got Great Britain, and we got Colombia, Colombia is a pretty good team too, so got to win that game against Great Britain as their uh, first game on Sunday, and then uh, hope for the best. Uh, for sure, you got to beat, you got to be able to beat Mexico. If you can beat Great Britain, Colombia, and Mexico, lose to the U.S. Three and one gets you in second place. Should get you in second. Um, so that's what they got to do.
1: Hey, Hebsey, quick uh, aside. A couple of weeks ago, uh, you asked me to name some members of the Canadian team, and I said I did. I, ca- I, I called them Stumpy. <laughs> Yes, you did. But I meant Stubby Clapp, right? He's the guy I always think of when I think of the Canadian uh, baseball team. I just want to point out, I didn't learn until later that that day I made that comment about Stubby uh, was his 50th birthday. I think I even Remarkable. remarked. Remarkable. I know. Isn't that amazing? Because I think I said something like he's probably 50 now. Remember I said that? And I had no idea that that was his 50th birthday. So happy birthday, Stubby. <laughs> it's a mind blow for you. Mind blow.
0: It is a great name. Stubby clap is a great name. He's yeah. a first base coach for the Los Angeles or for the St. Louis Cardinals. Woo. And uh, you got to get word out that you uh, gave him a shout out on his 50th without knowing it was his 50th <laughs> birthday. And I tweeted stumpy. at him,
1: but uh, nothing back, unfortunately. All right, we'll see what we can do. He's down in spring training. All right.
0: Um, all right. So anyway, so I was talking about Vladdy Guerrero, right? And, um so he's got a knee injury and so you never like to hear this remember last year Springer in spring training hurt himself to like a guy's getting hurt in spring right. training spring training is to not get hurt the whole idea of spring training is to ease your way in to game one ease your way in doesn't matter if you win or lose it makes no difference you're working on your game that's what it's there for so the last thing you want is a guy tweaking a knee in spring training especially Fladdy Guerrero And the reason he did it, and it was so aptly uh, and brilliantly pointed out on the Jays Braves telecast, which was a Sportsnet production, but featured play-by-play man Ben Wagner, who is usually the Jays, I mean, he's the Jays radio or audio play-by-play guy, works by himself, can't go on road games. But they decided, I guess, to throw him a bone or say, hey, you know what, Dan's got other stuff to do. He's got college basketball, ESPN, whatever and you know buck's sort of available every so often but you know what let's 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 have um you know ben do play by play and gosh joe settles down there too let's let's put joe in there as well cuz joe's role this year is going to be he's going to do color with dan right uh, buck is not going to do play by play so joe is going to fill in for uh buck when he's away working with dan and joe might also be working with matt devlin who it looks like is going to do TV play-by-play play when Dan's not doing TV play-by-play, play. but right now Ben Wagner is doing TV play-by-play. Play. So him and Siddler yesterday are doing the game against the Braves, and I've never heard Joe and Ben Siddle, Joe Sittler and Ben <laughs> Joe Wagner and ben work Sittle. together. I've never heard them together <laughs> right. on the air. I, I don't believe they. I don't know. I don't know. But you know, Joe's been in the in the studio, you know, uh, with Jamie doing the uh, pre and post game and between some of the between innings uh, hits. Uh, and that's it, right? That's pretty much all. So I'm listening to them. Now, this game is not on radio. It's not on the fan. I, I don't I don't know if it was. There was a, an audio-only broadcast, probably part of the simulcast. But here they are doing the game, and they're fantastic together. They were so good together. It's like you're listening to a couple of buddies who know way more about sports than about baseball than you do and, of course, have all the inside stuff on the Jays. And they weaved stories into the broadcast, and it was really well done. They have a chemistry together. I'm sure they know each other for many years because you know, even though you're in the radio booth and you're in the TV booth, come on. But to hear them together talk about this team and discuss the game while the game's going on, and part of it was they're talking about Vladdy, and Joe Siddle says, "Well, here's the play. I don't even I don't know if they showed the play." but they're show they're describing Joe's describing how Vladdy hurt himself and that is he he ran the bases and he was a little bit confused and he he straight off second base a little bit and then when the throw came to second he quickly reached not with his uh, not sliding back to the bag but he tried to extend his you know his his right foot and he really stretched too far and he got to the base but he tweaked something in the knee and Joe is talking about hey you know kids out there don't think that you can go back into a bag, a hard bag like that. You got to slide in. You got to do the pop-up slide. And Vladdy didn't. And you know that's where he tweaked the knee. And I'm watching this going. This is great stuff. Like this is really good stuff. Really interesting point. Uh, the whole broadcast I thought was uh, excellent. And it just goes to show you what happens when you put two people together that that have chemistry or or I don't know who came up with the idea, but said, why don't you two guys work together? But we know what it's like, Mike, when we hear two people that just don't, the booth doesn't sound good,
1: right? Well, Siddle is so good like he's he's the heir apparent so obviously Buck won't go forever maybe he does another season I don't know if he does two more but uh Joe is the uh the heir apparent uh, without a doubt and he's fantastic. Well,
0: remember Joe did radio. Joe with Jerry did Jay's Games for years. Joe sure. knows it doesn't matter what whether it's radio or TV. Joe is a good storyteller. Joe is very very good. And I think and I hate, and I hate to say it this way but I think his talent is being wasted. Being in the studio, and, and um, although a lot of the pre stuff on the pregame shows that he does, the inside baseball uh, segments are fantastic. So, you know, more Joe and, and geez, I don't know, man, could Joe do games? I mean, would Joe do games on the radio with Ben? Cause boy, they sound good together.
1: Boy, he's got a face really. for television, and you know it. <laughs> he's just, he's a natural
0: analyst and storyteller. And the pregame shows are great and all that. He could probably do both. I don't know. He could do the segments in advance. But he he brings out the – here's the other thing. Joe brings out the best in whoever he's working with. And he brought out the best in Ben. And, you know, a lot of times I'm listening to Ben, and for the most part, he's by himself. There's nobody sitting next to him. He's doing the whole game by himself, the stories, the stats, the play-by-play, everything, the, the drop-ins, the commercial breaks, right? And when you've got someone with you, it just make you know, hey, we're watching the game together. How about that? What about that? How did Vladdy hurt his knee? Uh, really good. Agreed. There you go. Agreed. And uh, um anyway, the Jays just keep humming along in spring training. I guess you, I mean, how can you not hum along in spring training? You know, <laughs> really think about it. Hey, he looks, very rarely do you hear stories. Oh, it's the spring training is awful. Right. Terrible. This guy's hurt. That guy's hurt. He can't hit. When do you ever hear stories? He can't hit in spring training. And usually spring training, the stories in spring training are about the guys that had shitty years last year. They're coming off bad years, or coming off injuries, and now it's a new beginning, it's a new spring, it's a beautiful story. It's a, uh, a standard uh, story in spring training. You know, you never hear about the guy who had a good year last year. It's about the guy who had a bad arm, Kikuchi. Oh, he was horrible. I look at him this year, he looks great. He's been brilliant in seven innings in the spring. Come on. That's a spring. He's just trying to throw the ball over the plate. you got to tell stories when you're down there. Right. So I've been saying for years, don't pay attention to anything, not a thing that happens in the spring, unless a guy gets hurt. And then that injury is going to follow him from, you know, you're going to watch him all season long to see if the injury flares up, if that knee injury that he suffered in the spring affects him during the rest of the year. But But beyond that, no, not a thing. I don't care. Rob Ducey, every spring, his nickname was Mr. March. Guy would hit 600 in spring training. Right.
1: Right. Right. Free training. I remember a correlation and again this is anecdotal, just me when I used to pay attention to actual uh, grapefruit league records, which I don't do anymore, but like the years where we would be World Series champions, it felt to me like and I could be way off, but it felt like we'd have bad springs. Like you'd have a bad so it almost felt like whenever we'd have a kick-ass Grapefruit League season. Well, what, do
0: bad, what do you mean bad spring? Like, <laughs> like bad, with a record, losing, with a yeah, like
1: a losing record in the spring, and then you'd right. end up winning the pennant right. in the regular season. So it's almost like and almost like it was the opposite. So if you had a really strong spring, I'd always worry, like uh, we'll probably have a weak uh, regular season. Like I'd, I'd rather have a shitty spring record-wise, and right. then, you know, turn, the, turn it on when the season matters, when it starts well, you to also
0: count. know that the more players you have that have positions locked on the roster, right? They're just working in their games to see whatever number of at-bats they need to get ready for the beginning of the season. It's the guys that are fighting for jobs. Do see? Right? Fighting for positions that are that are hot. They're like, oh, look what's going on there. But but if the team has a bad spring, it's likely because they're not because their regulars weren't hitting in the spring. It's because, you know, the kids weren't uh, doing the job. They didn't make the team. But all these guys who have a spot locked up, the last thing they want do you think they care? Hey, he had four hits in a spring game. Big, big deal. I'm, pitch, I'm a double-A pitcher is pitching against me. He's trying to work on a slider. Right. So don't pay any attention. None. Good advice. It's an ex- any sport. Exhibition games be nothing. It's Exhibition games are for the players that are trying to make the team. There you go. Well said. Thank you. So Kikuchi looks pretty good, eh? <laughs> he could be the fifth starter. Um, and the new guy, Chris Bassett, he's a real pro. And um, he likes the pitch clock. It's working to his advantage, even though it took him forever, like three hours and 25 minutes every game last year, it seemed. He's fine. He's a pro. They Somebody did an overlay of one a particular at-bat that he had last year when he was pitching for the Mets in a clutch situation late in the game and how many times he had to step off and how many times the batter asked for time and the pitch calm didn't work and all that. And they laid it over him pitching in spring training. this So for the time it took him to throw one pitch last year in this clutch situation, he threw four pitches (laughs) in the Jays game. So they overlay them and it's hysterical because you only got 15 seconds if there's nobody on. Right. So this guy throws. So he threw four pitches in less than a minute. And in the game last year, it's taken him almost a minute to throw this pitch in this clutch situation. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. What a difference. So, uh, he looks good. Bassett looks good. Gosman looks good. He's working on, you know, that little uh, uh, click move with his heels so he doesn't get called for a balk and all the things. Seems to have been okay. He's working on that. Manoa, Berrios, Jordan Romano leading the pen. And later this season, we might see Chad Green and even Jin Ryu. So, not so much maybe what the team looks like early in the year, but later in the season, instead of making a deal at the deadline, we wouldn't just say, oh, Chad Green's ready after Tommy John surgery. And he was lights out when he pitched for the Yankees. So we don't need to make a trade. Oh, lefty pitcher? Don't need one. We got Young Jin Ryu also coming back from Tommy John. Wouldn't it be great if Tommy John actually came back? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, now, having covered the Jays for many years, Mike, you hear of stories. I mean, I've there's a million stories to tell. And people love this stuff. It's not that it's lascivious. It's, it's just... They love to hear, and don't we all, stories of famous people, uh, you know, getting uh, you know, into maybe trouble. Uh, you know, Tiger Woods gets attacked by his wife with a golf club because he was screwing around with a woman from the Waffle House and who knows. I mean, you know, this titillating stuff, we're all interested in it, okay? And anyone that says they're not, they're lying. We are. So this particular case here, I had heard the stories, and I'm sure you had as well, Mike, of 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 two Blue Jays players. Marco Estrada, and Josh Donaldson. And this was the story, and everyone had heard it, uh, whether it was corroborated not. You were there. You weren't there. This is what happened. Okay? Marco Estrada, this is 20, 2017. So the Jays had their two playoff runs. Now it's 2017, right? And the team had a terrible season. And how much of it had to do with Marco Estrada and Josh Donaldson? I don't know, but Donaldson was hurt. It had an off year after winning the MVP. Estrada was horrible. He was pitching so poorly that he, uh, um, Estrada, who was married at the time, was having marital problems. Donaldson was engaged at the time. Okay? So it's 2017. Jays are playing like shit. They're not going anywhere. They're going to end up finishing 10 games under 500. And what happens is Marco Estrada calls a closed-door meeting players only, and he steps up in front of all the players and he says to his teammates, I'm having an affair with, and he names the reporter in front of his teammates. So I want to let you know, guys, I'm pitching terrible this year. I've been distracted. I'm having marital problems and I'm having an affair with blank. And as soon as he says it, as soon as he says it, Josh Donaldson jumps up and goes, holy fuck, I'm having an affair with, Same person. And every player, Russell Martin, every. uh, uh, Holy shit. And I guess that's when the players realize, oh my God, this is going to be. This is not good. Now, I had heard the story before, but I had not heard it confirmed. The person I heard it from had heard it from someone else who was in the closed door meeting. Usually that's pretty good to go with, but I would never say anything. But this week, I rent someone who said who was actually there and I asked them about it and they said, yeah, that's exactly what happened.
1: So uh, I had never heard the, uh, how they came to know about each right. other.
0: I had never heard that part I had heard, but I didn't, I never heard the details, but again, so there you go. It was confirmed to me this week. So, so, so soon after the incident, the Jays were horrible. They finished, like I said, 10 games under 500. It was Gibbons, uh, the following year, Donaldson had been traded to Atlanta for Julian Merriweather. Estrada was still on the team, and he was just brutal in 2018. He was absolutely awful. I don't know if his teammates even spoke to him. I don't know what happened. Um, And the reporter who caused all of this is no longer working for that outlet and, in fact, was banished from the city soon after the clubhouse confession. And the Jays never recovered. uh, The following year, 73-89. and Uh, Gibbons got fired. And if you recall, Mike, their attendance fell by 1 million fans. They took such a tumble from 2016 in that, you know, that playoffs right. to 2017, they lost a million fans. They went from 3.2 million fans first in attendance in the American league, 3.2 million in 2016 to 2.2 million fifth in the league, the following season, a million fans. That's okay. unbelievable
1: okay, so now we have our scapegoat we know who to blame this is a <laughs>
0: no to blame but but what I'm thinking is this yeah if you're gonna have an affair with a married man and that married man's teammate who's engaged to be married like what do you think
1: I'm uh being very careful just because I don't want to judge somebody uh and again when I was fed this story and I didn't know how they learned about each other till right now you just told me that but I always I knew about everything in real time, because people, you know, they like to mm. keep me abreast of what's going on with FOTMs and everything, and, you know, they. I think they want you to blog about it or write about it. I personally have chosen, like, I'm not going to write those kind of stories, but other people are more than happy to do that. I just let them do it, mm. but, mm. you know, uh, i don't. no judgments here, except it takes two to tango, and uh, these guys, uh, oh, yeah. you know, oh. it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> All spare yep. and love and war and all that jazz, uh, right. man. But 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 to look at to look at the
0: team and say how much of an effect might of this have, and you're going okay. How could you spend an entire season or part of the season knowing that uh, you're on the ropes in your relationship and you're with someone that you see there that you're supposed to be a professional in a professional relationship, and then you find out that your teammate, your teammate, is going through the same thing.
1: Wild stuff. And so, like you said, it's, what do you call it? Salacious, titillating stuff. Um, You know, I'm sure this person, who I quite like, to be honest, uh, personally. But I hope, uh, you know, this resurfacing doesn't uh, cause her any uh, further distress. What? What resurfacing? Well, you're about... basically saying maybe... you see what happened to the team? Yeah, but you this... see what happened to the team? can you
0: see what happened to the team? Okay. Did you see what happened? I saw Barbara what happened. Strata, Josh Donaldson, MVP and top pitcher. You...
1: <laughs> but it'd be insane to say that this young woman caused the team to fall to 73 and 89 and uh, the attendance to fall by a million fans. Like, to put that on her shoulders oh, is no, no, to be no, no, no. uh, insane. Not
0: saying that, but, okay. but, 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 you know, cause and effect. We don't know.
1: But it had to have no, we don't been know. a distraction. Wow! But you can't
0: say I can say I think with I can say with with authority that yeah. had this situation not happened, had these two teammates not been going through this, the result might, would likely have been a lot better for the Blue Jays. I think I can say that categorically. There's distractions and then there's distractions. <laughs> And you know what murkies the water here more, is that there,
1: right. it really does get murky because this woman's employer at the time is the same employer as a uh, Josh and yes. uh, Marco. Like, so it really, yep. if you start, yep. you know, yeah. and, and, and even at the time where I don't like, again, I'm not covering, I personally decided I'm not going to cover these kind of stories. Mike, but.
0: Mike, I have to cut you off for a second here there. How many situations you know of with there, where there is some perceived conflict of interest. It may not have to do anything with a sexual relationship, Right. Just a relationship. Let's like, for example, there's, um, oh, I can't think of the reporter's name now. She had to quit. She didn't quit her job. She was going out with Will Middlebrooks. I think they're married now of the Boston Red Sox and they were seen in public. And then once they were seen in public Nesson, um, um said to the girl listen i mean you know and she understood she said listen we can reassign you or whatever it just doesn't look good if you're reporting on the red Sox and you're and you're obviously going out with will middle and everybody understood and whatever, sure. but it brought up the bigger question the bigger question which is mm-hmm. how, where do you draw the line like for example if i'm a commentator and my son is playing in a game is that a conflict of interest am i giving the the Commentary that the the viewer wants to hear? Or am I being biased because my son plays for the team? Right? Stuff like that. And so you're going to have these types of situations. So I think these people sort of have to recuse themselves. Sure. Because even if there's a perception of a conflict of interest,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: now you may not care if it's a broadcast of a game and so and so is broadcasting the game, like Ray Ferraro is doing the game that his son is playing it. Right. Should Ray Ferraro have recused himself saying, look, Landon's my son. I may not be able to give objective commentary, right? Or or do you say no? He's a professional. He's a pro. He—he it should make a difference. Come on, (laughs) Mike. You know as well as I do. Oh no, you're right. Be that little thing. Like that's my son.
1: Right. That's playing there.
0: I mean, my voice goes up a couple of octaves because that's my son. (laughs) And so, should he recuse himself?
1: But this is when we remember that this is just sports, right? Like it's it's not news. Mm -hmm. You're not you're not. uh, It's not like you're dating somebody in the 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 prime minister's office or something. Oh, and that
0: doesn't happen too. There aren't news anchors. No, you're right. It does happen, but
1: it's always inappropriate. Like it always should be disclosed. And like you said, you should recuse yourself if you have a correct. It should always be disclosed. It should
0: always be disclosed. That's the thing. Right. It should always be disclosed. This is
1: why John Tory should not have had the affair with a young city hall staffer. Right, that's the uh, conflict there. Yes,
0: correct. So that, so anyway, so you know, in a roundabout way, we're sort of, you know, I'm I'm sort of telling this story because I had heard it before. Uh, it was corroborated, and stuff like this goes on. These are human beings, right? Right, and you know the the you know the, the the shit hit the fan, and the fallout was well, that relationship was ruined. That that personal relationship was ruined. That personal relationship was ruined. That man's previous personal relationship was ruined. Uh, that other man's previous relationship was ruined. The professional relationships were all ruined, and everybody ended up somewhere else within a short period of time. We exiled the team, them from the country, and, and, and the team and the team went <laughs> like that. Wow. Okay, that's after 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 one of their starting pitchers, a top starting pitcher, and sure. their MVP, right. uh, both uh, just just had horrible, miserable exits. Terrible.
1: Now, while we're talking about that 2016, the 2015-2016 hype trains, as I called them, when uh, we all had Blue Jays fever, what a time, right? That feels like like yesterday and forever ago at the same time. But one of the key members of that team, of course, was Joey Batts. And you and I, in passing, I can't remember if it was last week. It might have been last Friday or the Friday before. But in passing, we talked about why the heck don't they give Joey Bats that spot on the level of excellence that they ripped away from Robbie Alomar? Like, Joey Bats was well-deserving, and we kind of had a little back and forth. Like, yeah, he's deserving. Well, they announced it, like, shortly thereafter, so a uh, complete coincidence, but they announced Joey Bats is going to yeah. be on the level of excellence.
0: Yeah, nice. He deserves it. I mean, yeah. think of all the fans he brought out to the games. I mean, 50 home runs, oh. he's that class. I mean, I mean, even if he doesn't do the bat flip, like, forget that. Right. Even if he doesn't do that, he's in anyway. He's in. He was a star. Agreed. They had, you know, Batista days. And remember, we got him for a song. I mean, he wasn't expecting. <laughs> the expectations for, um, for for Batista were nil, and minimal right. at best. And so, that's why he so had to this- fight
1: those allegations, because it's not typical for a player to go from his caliber to, basically, for a couple of years, the best hitter in baseball, as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Like, that's sure. not normal. The best power
0: hitter, for sure, in yeah. baseball. And people, yeah, they were talking about steroids and that. But also, he had a chip on his shoulder. He had a yeah. chip on his shoulder, and people like that. Yes. He talked back to the Steve Simmons of the world. And who are you? And stuff like that. <laughs> so people, you know, he had an attitude. Right. Remember the time he tried to throw out, he was playing right field, and he tried to throw out a guy at first base on a, I forget who it was now, maybe for Baltimore, but some big slow hitter. Yeah. Like drilled one to right field, and he came up throwing and almost got him at first or might have got him at first and ended up hurting his arm. And we were like, whoa, this guy. Oh, so that's a Larry Walker play. Make, he tried to make the guy look, he tried to make the guy kind of look bad. Oh, You're trying to right. throw me out at first eh? Mm, like that. And I don't know. And remember the fight with R- Rufnador and the punch and then you I don't know, think like that. So he was a polarizing figure and he deserves to be on the wall of, uh, the, the wall of excellence. What do they call it? Level, level of, of excellence. excellence. Love anyway, it. Um, I don't know how many spots there are going to be. Um, you could add Tom Hankey to that list. Somebody suggested Fred McGriff. I said, no, he didn't play enough seasons in Toronto. Um to, to to merit that, I don't think. Um yeah. And in the future, who else is gonna be on that list? Jimmy Key Is going to be on that list is Jimmy someday? Key on
1: there, I can't remember. Is he there? Maybe he's no, there. I, no,
0: Jimmy Key's no, no, Jimmy sure? Key's not there. Jim Clancy's not there. Well, I think not Key there. was
1: better than Clancy, but uh what about like uh Tom Hanke?
0: Well I just said Tom Hankey should
1: be Oh, there. I'm sorry, I should pay more attention. No, don't,
0: don't apologize. No need. <laughs> no need. All right. Um and it's always worth discussion, but Bautista for sure definitely and you know i'm looking forward to seeing the new stadium the configuration how it looks with the that all that uh, coming up um, and and yeah honor the honor the former jays love it honor the past let's go to hockey now maple leafs just biding their time awaiting a clash with tampa in the first round of the playoffs i think there's what 16 games or something like that left anyway the bolts have looked just awful lately horrible and some people say that coach john cooper is i don't know playing possum like remember the last couple of years he rested guys at this time of year Like, he knew what his position was. Right. And he, I think Victor Hedman, he sent him to the beach for a week. People were like, what the hell? You know, and he just gave, like, Sergachev and Stamkos, like, a few days here and there, or he didn't dress them, or he said that they had an injury, and they were just, you know, take a couple of extra days. We're going to need you in a month. We're going to need you badly. And... You know, this is something like Greg Popovich did this, member with San Antonio a few years ago, where he, like he went to Miami to play LeBron and and he benched uh, Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker, all his best players. Right? He just said, you're not playing. He didn't even dress them. And and people were upset because, hey, we paid good money to see these guys. And he's like, look, i I got to win championships. And they ended up winning the championship that year. But I, I feel that John Cooper is that type of coach to say, you know, we don't need to bust our balls to win these games now. I mean, we're still going to play Toronto in the first round. So Victor Hedman fell awkwardly into the boards the other night against uh, Carolina. I played one more shift after that. Oh, I've, oh, the Flyers have just fired GM Chuck Fletcher. Daniel Bier takes over as interim GM. Breaking news. How about that? Um, so anyway, so John Cooper's like, I'm going to rest these guys under the guise of injury, and I don't know if Victor Hedman is hurt that badly or Cooper's just saying Vic just just rest, man. We'll call it a lower body injury. Take, take, take whatever time you need. We need you in top shape. So they lost again last night. Both of They just looked ugh, and I think that they're, I think, I don't think they're as bad as people say they are. I don't know if they're ripe for the taking. I kind of think that Cooper having, he knows what this is all about. And it's just, right. he wants to ensure that that team is in tip top shape when the playoffs begin beliefs. Hey, you know, Uh, Tavares is out. And now, you know, O'Reilly is out. And, you know, when these guys come back, are they going to be in tip top shape? Are they going to be ready for the playoffs? Well, we hope so. But I just think that Cooper is like, he knows he's got to, he's got to do whatever you call it. uh, Time management or load management or whatever uh, to ensure that his big guns are at their absolute best. Speaking of big guns last night, Boston Edmonton, great game. Two of the best teams in the league. Certainly Boston, the best team in the league. Edmonton, the most exciting with Connor McDavid. But McDavid's out. Suffered a quad injury late in the 3-2 win for the Oilers. Great hockey game. Didn't score a point in the game. And then late, he just he got hip-checked or something, man. He, he, he tried to play through it, but they announced today he's out two to three weeks with that quad injury. Um, terrific game, boy. Boston, you know, as soon as they say, well, Boston has never... Lost has not lost a regulation game at home this year, or Boston when they lead after when they score the first goal of the game, they're thirty three zero and three. As soon as I hear that, I go, right. "It's got to change." It's it's got, he's never hit a batter all season long. Oh, he hits him with a pitch, right? You just know that's going to happen. What a Murphy's law, whatever the hell it is. You you just know, and that's why people are the the jinx thing. Oh, you just jinx them. You jinx them. And sure right. enough, that's what happens. As soon as someone points that out, you know, inevitably they go down. So Boston loses for the first time. They they, they beat Edmonton in Edmonton 3-2 last week or a couple weeks ago. And here's the return match. And the Oilers win it 3-2, uh, breaking Boston's streak of 36 games wow. at home this year or whatever it is, 36, I think, without losing in regulation. Wow. How about that? Wow. No McDavid, though. No McDavid. And if you had tickets for the Leafs and Oilers at Scotiabank Arena to watch the best player in the game, Sorry, he ain't playing.
1: Yeah, that he's sucks, hey. from, eh? from a GTA
0: too, man. Think yeah. of all the friends and family, had tickets for what a And that's a tough ticket. I tried to get tickets for that game. Yeah. Uh last week I was and boy, whew, you're looking at 500 for a pair well, up in the Nosebleed section.
1: This is like when Gretzky would come to Maple Leaf Gardens. It was the uh, the event cuz it, it was once a year. Like this was the event of the uh of the season.
0: You got it. Meanwhile, the Ottawa Senators beat the Seattle Kraken 5-4 in Seattle, moving to within 4 points of the final wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. The Senators trail Pittsburgh by four points there, even in games played, uh, six, seven, 15 games to go. And they, they trail the Islanders by six points, but they have three games in hand on the Islanders. Now, that's great to have three games in hand, but you got to win those three games. And if they do, they're tied with the Islanders. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. But they beat Seattle in Seattle, and that's no mean feat. Good for them. Uh, yeah, so tomorrow night, Leafs against the Oilers. Um, and I'm wondering if people are like, hey, anybody want to buy tickets? <laughs> because now it's not as big a ticket.
1: No, but right? you know what? I, I will say this, because when Gretzky came to town, uh, <laughs> that was a big, I remember that was the ticket. And I, of course, I could never get that ticket. But the Leafs sucked. Like there was nobody, you weren't there to see the Leafs. You were there to see who visited. But today in 2023, that's an exciting Leafs team. Like this is still a hot ticket, even if nobody's coming to town.
0: Definitely. Definitely. The, the way the Leafs play, for sure. Yeah. They're playing great. Exciting team. Um, Yeah. Let's go to golf now. The Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. That's the one with the 17th hole, the island green, the exciting, you know, is the ball going to go in the water or not? Um, Very exciting to see guys, to see pros dunking in the water. is exciting. Let's face it. Any amateur golfers like, ah, beautiful. I can do that. Right? It makes you feel more human. Right. Uh, your leader after the first round, 174th on the FedEx Cup list, is Chad Ramey, an American, Chad Ramey. Um, And the beautiful thing about the first round of any golf tournament, but especially a big one, even though this isn't a major, they call it the fifth major, is anybody like, you know, oh, it's, it's 18 holes. Guess what? It's 72 holes, okay? Lots of golf left to be played. But exciting to see your name after an 864 atop the leaderboard. Colin Morikawa at seven unders in second place. Canadian Taylor Pendrith is in a group in third place at five under par. Adam Svensson is in a group tied for eighth at four under par. Then you got Adam Hadwin at one under. Nick Taylor plus two. Corey Connors plus three. Mackenzie Hughes plus three. Hughes. And the favorite Rory McIlroy. He's not Canadian. He may as well be though. Really? How you figure? We could accept him as a Canadian. <laughs> I could accept Rory McIlroy as Canadian. He, he's from Northern Ireland, but I could say, you know what? He could be from Canada.
1: Yeah, he could be from the Maritimes, right?
0: He could be from the Maritimes. Exactly. <laughs> he's from Halifax. Rory McIlroy's from Halifax. Would be great, wouldn't it? They speak. Cal- four- they speak
1: Gaelic over there, don't they? Uh, Small pockets, maybe. I think maybe. Okay. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> anyway,
0: let's make it. Let's make it that Rory McIlroy's. He's got relatives or something <laughs> from Cape Breton Island. Would be great. You know, go play Cabot Links or whatever. Anyway, Rory McIlroy, 4 over 76. Not good. Not good. But um, today's the day where, you know, if you teed off in the morning yesterday, you tee off in the afternoon. Today, you just never know. The wind starts to blow or whatever. Different pin positions. Who knows? So, you know, I've seen guys, you know, guys that, that shoot 76 in the first round and 66 in the second round. And Rory is certainly capable of doing that. But watching guys just try to hit that 17th green, the island green, is Exciting, exhilarating, and frightening at the same time. It's it's drama at its best, high drama. Although five, I think five of the top ten finishers last year, five of the top ten players were not there because they're not allowed because they're on the live tour. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. Those guys. Hey, nope, can't. Sorry. Thanks for coming out. Sixteen-year-old Summer McIntosh of Toronto is one of the world's top swimmers and a legit candidate for gold medals. In Paris in 2024. Last Saturday in Fort Lauderdale, in a sanctioned event, I think it's called FINA, the Federal International Nation of Swimming and Diving. Nautical? Something like that. <laughs> Nautical, whatever it is. I think it's FINA. Okay. I think it's the swim, swimming and diving, whatever they're called. Um, but anyway, in Fort Lauderdale, she broke her own junior record. She's 16 in the 200 meter individual medley. And she also took down Katie Ledecky in the 200 meter freestyle earlier in the event. So Katie Ledecky is a seven-time Olympic champion, and she had won the 200-meter freestyle for nine consecutive years. She had not lost a 200-meter freestyle race in nine years. Mike, nine years. Wow. No one had beaten her in the 200-meter free. Guess what? 16-year-old Canadian Summer McIntosh of Toronto. Boom. Now, did you see this anywhere on Canadian television, Mike?
1: Uh, no. Did you see it Sportsnet, TSN. But Hebsey, I don't nothing. have to tell you. In this country, we pay attention to swimming every four years.
0: Well, this girl is gonna. This girl set a freaking world record. Okay, broke a Canadian record. Nobody had it on her on the sportscasts. Okay, for well, Christ's sake, she did two hundred meters in one fifty four thirteen. For gosh sake. she's a junior. She's sixteen. But are you she surprised? Till August, till August, nothing, nothing in Canada. Not a freaking thing.
1: Are you surprised?
0: ESPN, ESPN had it, and Fox Sports had it, and. Oh, my God. And the reason they had it is because Katie Ledecky got
1: beaten. Right. Got beaten in the 200-meter free. Right. Fucking seven seven Olympic medals. What is it with women swimming where you seem to peak, like, at 16, 17? Like, remember how young Penny was when she was? Well, she's still winning she medals. Seen, yeah. bit.
0: But, and then in 20, she did the same thing. Yeah, you're, you're a lot, I guess, like, female gymnast or two. I guess right. you're... Even you're tennis players. Old, you know, uh, tennis I, players? Yeah,
1: they mature the earlier, teams, I guess.
0: 15 to 22, let's say, I don't, you know, yeah, but it seems to be that you're, especially if you've trained from an early age. Yeah. Right. Maybe your peak lung capacity or whatever is, is those ages when you're absolutely in your, in your possibly your fittest shape, but anyway, so there you go. So I'm excited. Folks, folks, listen, are you kidding me? Summer McIntosh. First of all, great name. Yes. From Toronto, 16 years she old. She swims
1: in Etobicoke at the uh, the Olympium here in Etobicoke. We follow yeah, her closely. She's, she's like a local. born
0: and raised from here, man. Come on. Beach fucking knocks off Katie Ledecky. <laughs> okay? Nothing.
1: Can't wait if for Hebsi Paris.
0: If Hebsey doesn't mention it and takes a screenshot of a Twitter <laughs> shot of a video right. that I wasn't even supposed to have, it wasn't available in this country or something, an ESPN right. video right. that I hawked from somewhere, took a screenshot <laughs> of it, circled, there's, there's Katie Ledecky, the seven-time Olympic medalist, and, and and unbeaten in their last 9 years there's her and oh 0.83 seconds uh, 0.83 seconds ahead of her okay that's which is an eternity in swimming yeah like like over a full body length is is number Macintosh and nothing in canada not a thing so there you go folks love it i've given you <laughs> and one more thing before we go yeah so last night's oilers bruins game yeah. if you're watching it in canada you're watching it on Sportsnet and you're watching the Oilers regional coverage, mm-hmm. right? So you're watching the Oilers, <laughs> excuse me, it's not, so it's not Chris Cuthbert and Craig Simpson doing a national game
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's not Craig Simpson and Chris Cuthbert doing a Leafs game, <clears throat> right? Right. It's, it's Jack Michaels and, and uh, Louis DeBrusque who do Sportsnet Oilers games, Right. But we're seeing them here in Toronto because the game isn't blacked out, because it's a national game, because there's no leaf game on, right? Right. So the leaf region which we live in we're, is not affected. So we get to see this. So now, so the broadcast. So Jack Michaels is an American, I think he's been up there for a few years, and he has a very distinct, somewhat over-the-top style that some people would compare to Joe Bowen if they're not Leaf fans. You know what I mean? And they hear Joe Bowen doing a leaf game. Right. They go, wow. That's, you know, he's a he's a homer. Now, to what extent is he a homer? Well, you know, that's up to the intro. But he's doing the broadcast for the local, for the Leaf fans. He's not doing it. Last, he's not going, oh, I've got people watching this game that are, you know, rooting for the other team or don't have a rooting interest or they're betting on it. No, no, no. He's doing the game for Leaf fans, right? And so we're watching a game that is being done by the Oilers broadcast team who do Oilers games for Oilers fans. Right. And this guy, Jack Michaels, is pretty over the top, like Joe Bowen would be if you had never seen a Leaf game before. Sure. So people are going, who is this guy doing this Oilers game? Who is this guy? And I'm like, this is Jack Michaels and Louis DeBrusque. I think they're pretty good. They make the game sound exciting. And Jesus Christ, they do games with freaking Connor McDavid. How can you not be excited all the time right. when this guy's on the ice? Right. That's an exciting team. And so you not getting a lot of people on, oh, who is this guy? He's over the top and he sucks. And I'm, I'm defending the guy because I thought he, I thought it was a good broadcast and it was exciting to watch. And that for me is, you know, make it exciting.
1: Well, that's everything. But you
0: have to, you have to be able to differentiate between the broadcast you're watching, whether it's a local national or whatever. And so I grew up with hockey night in Canada and I naturally thought that Bill Hewitt was a Leaf fan and Danny Gallivan was a Montreal Canadiens fan. Right. And then I realized later in life that that's not that they tried not to be, they tried to be, you know, unbiased. And that if you want to, if you want to hear a hometown fan, and this is when I first realized it, listen to Ted Darling do Buffalo Sabres games. This was in the early days of the Sabres, the early 70s. Right. And the only broadcast we ever got was the Leaf, you know, Leaf games on Hockey Night in Canada or Montreal Canadiens games or whatever on Hockey Night in Canada. Right. And now you're listening to Buffalo Sabres games, and it's Ted Darling and Pat Hannigan. And they are (laughs) over-the-top Sabres fans. Over-the-top. The The Sabres could do no wrong. Go back and find some of those broadcasts. (laughs) But to these ears, Mike, it was like, oh, my God. These guys are so biased. Oh, my God. And then then you realize that they're not doing it for you, a Leaf fan. They're doing it for Buffalo Sabres fans. Right, And that's when you realize. So anyone who watched the game last night, don't, don't be, oh, That was not a national broadcast. That is for Edmonton Oilers fans. And you just happen to be tuned in to that local broadcast. That's it.
1: Hebsey, before I play you out, there's a, and your YouTube channel, uh, Brian says, Hebsey, how can you ignore Christine Sinclair and what she said yesterday to the committee? I don't see it on your uh, notes here. What are you
0: talking about?
1: You're not up to date with what's going on with the uh, the program, the uh, Canada Soccer program, and the the women. Uh,
0: yeah, it's an ongoing thing. I get it. Okay, Nick Bontis stepped down. You want equal equal pay? Blah 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 blah. I get it. There's going to be a there's going to be a sports league in Canada for women. It's in a couple of years. Yeah. So what's new now? Tell me. Is, it, is that important?
1: Nick said, "What is she bitching about now?" Apparently, that's a quote I'm uh, receiving from, Nick, from from Nick, Nick. Yes are you surprised i don't know him well enough to be surprised so no
0: well, i mean the guy you know, the guy got uh aced he finally got uh you know had to step down right so you know this is his exit strategy is let's you know say something nasty about christine sinclair
1: <laughs>
0: okay so now that we've got that in we're done we're out of here that's <laughs> it for episode 324 of hebsey on sports you are all caught up thanks to toronto mike for production and inspiration hit him up at toronto mike listen to his excellent podcast And thanks to you for allowing us into your headspace. We know you've got a lot of things to do. You know, you've got lots of choices when it comes to podcasts. We're glad you chose us. I'm off to Elliott Lake to do the Elliott Lake Red Wings and the Kirkland Lake Gold Miners tonight on Hockey TV. And tomorrow night, the Elliott Lake Red Wings hosting the Hearst Lumberjacks. Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League. Why? Because I love sports. We're back with another exciting episode of Hebsey on Sports next week. Until then, so long for now.